to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. As always, I'm thrilled that you're joining us this week. Now, I hope that as you listen to the show that between my guests and I, that we really do provide some actionable ideas and tips for you to create that change in your business, your leadership skills, or uh, your sales skills. So to set the stage for today's show, I have a motivational quote that I'd like to share, and it's by Ursula K. Lagoon. I probably didn't say that right. <laughs> Ursula says, there are no right answers to wrong question. So here's the deal. If you have an extraordinary product or services, but you just feel like you're not making enough sales, I, I really believe that you're going to, today's show, you're going to find is life-changing. My guest today is Jim Nysonger. Now, Jim and I want your best work to be seen, understood, and appreciated by the people who actually need you and need your services the most. So they pop by from you and you can ultimately make those sales with ease. Now, we're calling it your X Factor, lifts you above the noise in your niche so you're known for your best work. You get to sell more of your best work and make the difference that you're actually here to make in the world. Now, I'm beyond excited to share my friends and awesome guest, Jim, to the show. Now, Jim is the uh, owner of Enlightened Profits, and he helps mission-driven coaches, consultants, and other experts sell more of their products and services by actually helping them zone in on a clear message so they can show up bigger and serve their clients better. So please help me welcome uh, Jim to the show. And trust me, this is a big one. So Jim, thanks for being on. Thanks, Connie. That's fun. Um, looking forward to having our conversation today. Yeah. And and just before we begin, Jim, I, I want to start this or, or set the stage before we start from a conversation that Jim and I had earlier uh, this year. We just we get on a Zoom call fairly frequently to catch up. What are you up to? What's going on? And during that call, we both were reflecting and, and sharing the frustration that we were feeling about the amount of noise in the marketplace. And I think more importantly, that the noise seems to be watering down the entire delivery process, the, the delivery process for experts, whether it's coaching, uh, selling your programs or whatever the services that you're uh, selling out there. So that's what prompted this this conversation in the show, right, Jim, and the importance of rising above the noise and hopefully doing that in an easy way. Right. Yes, definitely. And um, the, a big relationship to this quote, because you and I both in marketing and in sales, we see so many people asking bad questions and they're getting good answers to bad questions, but they're still th those questions then are still misleading, especially when they're, they feel like, Oh, yes, this is the right answer, but I'm heading, heading down the wrong trail, the wrong path. And so this is just observing this. And you and I both have all of this experience that it's easier to see it when other people do it than for people to see it themselves. And so to me, that's a big part of what I feel you and I bring to this is that we have x-ray vision into people's marketing and sales processes that they don't have themselves. And let's face it, right, Jim, you've helped me with my marketing. I hope I've helped you with your sales. Yeah. 
because you can't see what's close to you because you're in the weeds with your own stuff. And the other thing I was laughing as you were saying, our level of expertise, I sometimes I feel like it's part of my DNA. People say, Con, what would you do with, you know, you, you pause for a minute, you reflect and you come up with the answer. They go, how'd you do that? I go, how'd I do what? They go, how did you know that? I go, oh, no, because it's, <laughs> you've been doing something. You know, I've been four decades. I think you're close to that, too. Right. Four decades yep. of our zone of genius. We just see things that other people don't and reverse it. People see things that I don't because it's not my zone of genius. So we really have to align with the right people as well to help us with the skills so that we can rise above the noise and shine our light bright and all of those things that we're going to talk about today. So here's, let's, let's kind of springboard from, so why do smart business owners and leaders in organizations, why do they seem to get stuck? Mm -hmm. So here's the observation that I have over my nearly 40 years of working in corporations, then my own business is that it is so much driven by good sounding questions that sometimes they're one degree off, sometimes five degrees off, but they're far enough off that they're taking people down a bad path. Yeah. And, um, I specifically, like I, I put together this hierarchy of what, what I would say different categories of business owners and the kinds of questions that you ask determine what category you're in. So this is not as much about your expertise, which is critical and extremely important, but it's about what questions you ask put you into a category maybe you want to be in, or maybe they put you in one that you don't. And so um, let's just talk about the lowest level of expertise business. And I see a lot of this. If you look on Facebook, you are going to see it. And what you're going to see is a bunch of people who I would call desperate business owners. Mm. And here's the question that is driving desperate business owners. What must I do now to get paid right away? And so they are doing all of these things. What's the new gimmick? What's the latest thing? And the problem is we can all feel desperation. I've been desperate at times, and I know that that reflects it. And people respond to my desperation with either they're they're repelled or desperate people. It actually attracts them. It attracts desperate clients who are seeking miracle cures. And I don't know about anybody that's listening, but I know that I don't do my best work with desperate clients who are seeking miracle cures. Yeah, the magic pill, right? There's no such thing as magic pill. And you and I don't have the all the answers that are going to fix it immediately, right? There's there's a process that needs to be drilled into. Go go through. You said the there's four, right? There's four higher three uh, three three levels. Yep, three levels. And so so this lowest level is this level of desperation uh, and driven by that that question whether people are asking it out loud, or it's just like kind of ingrained because sometimes the questions are just ingrained. So desperate business owners are asking, what must I do now to get paid right away? Mm -hmm. And this is a low value, low status question. It puts you in a low status position 
in your own life and in the world. Okay. So then let's move up to the next level, which um, I'm going to call those people the patient investor. And, And so these are people who know like, hey, to get paid well, it takes work. I need to invest in things. I need to invest in my skills and my knowledge, that sort of thing. And so their question is, what must I do now to get paid even more sometime in the future? And and so this is a good question for a lot of times. And so sometimes that patience actually pays off. But here's the thing about patience. Patience has an expiration date. So we can go on and on investing in things that will pay off sometime in the future. But we have to look at our results because if we're, if we keep doing that and we're not getting results, what we can conclude quite often is that sometimes patience turns into proactive procrastination. Yeah, and what I mean by that is that we're doing things, but we're avoiding the things that matter, whether we consciously know it or not. We, we can be proactive and doing things, but if they're not the things that are moving us in the right direction, it's a, actually a form of procrastination, a form of avoidance quite often. Yeah. And so, so we have to like be aware of that. And so, so this is one of those, those things where it's right times to do it. There are other times which are not necessarily the right times to do it. <clears throat> Okay, so that's the middle level. So at the bottom, we have the desperate business owner. In the middle, we have the patient investor who's investing their time, money, energy for future payoffs. And then the top level is who I call the impatient expert. And so here's what the impatient expert asks. The, The impatient expert asks, how can I get great returns over and over for work I did in the past. Not for, not for work that I have to do now. I want to get paid for work that I've done in the past. And to me, this changes the frame of a lot of things. Of course, you have to have expertise that you've cultivated in the past. And so, so if you, if you're a newbie to what you're doing, then, then this isn't necessarily the right question, but if you are an innovator in your field and you've created a lot of amazing solutions because you've gone through trial and error, made a bunch of mistakes with your own business, with clients, whatever it is, then this is a powerful question. But I even want to upgrade this question. So the first, the first version of the question is, how can I get great returns over and over for work I did in the past? So that's a how, a how, how do I do it? But I think there's a better question than that. So I'm going to upgrade that a little bit. We're going to change it from a how question to a who question. Mm. Instead of how do I do it? How can I? It's like, who can get me great returns over and over for work I did in the past? So then now we are looking for perfect match expertise for what we've already created, somebody who can possibly come in, either work side by side with us, or in some cases, come in and 
do some magic that gets us results over and over because they're the perfect complement to what we've already created. And so the bottom line on this is that getting paid for what you did in the past is the ultimate leverage. And so it's such a different orientation, such a different way of looking at how we're approaching our business. Yeah, so I want to share two two comments to that, right? So during COVID, you know, everything I did was live. It stopped. The world stopped. I stopped. No income. So I pivoted. So for a year, I spent a ton of money learning what I knew about this whole digital realm, creating products online, uh, services online, offering, right, Kajabi versus entrepreneur, whatever. It was overwhelming. And I remember thinking a year, give yourself a year. You have to educate yourself so you know what decision to make to move forward or logical decision to move forward. But you have to explore. And and at the time, right, I didn't know you. Certainly, uh, we met during that period of time because somebody Mm -hmm. referred us. So that's the other interesting thing. When you start exploring your own growth, the right people show up for you. So that was the first observation. The second thing, at the end of the year, I sat down and did exactly what you just described. I thought, okay, I was asking questions, maybe out of desperation initially, and then I moved up to asking more refined questions. But at the end of the day, that third level, uh, what do you call it? The patient expert. expert. Yes, it's nice to meet you on the poster child for that, by the way. So Right. But at the end of that year, I remember sitting down and thinking, what worked? What feels right? What doesn't work? What's not going to be in my business model going forward? And I became quite discerning on who I continued to spend my time with, who I got rid of, what I developed in my program. I reiterated, 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 because your first time out isn't always perfect. All of those things. And now I'm at the point where I'm only spending time on money and things that move the needle forward. Not always immediate money coming in, but I know as I build it, you could see the trajectory of the income. So that's the, there's a little bit of patience involved in that. The other thing, mm-hmm. yesterday I had one of my corporate clients, I was talking to him and we were talking about the, we're building a culture there. And I said to him, it was funny because I said, your people are doing so many amazing things. You as a leader, you're doing amazing things. But here's the reality. We need to refine it and upgrade it so that we can rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. But we're rinsing and repeating the right behaviors so we shine in front of the client. And he paused and he wrote that down and he said, I have to say that in the next meeting. What we're doing isn't necessarily bad, but how can we amplify up? And that's through that rinse and repeat. But you need like, so he has me, right, to help with that process of refinement. Sometimes we need somebody from the outside to help us with that refinement. And I know you've done that for me in the past as well. So it, mm-hmm. we don't know what we don't know. We have to make sure we're asking the right questions and reaching out to the right people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to say a specific thing about that as well. And so refinement, getting better at the right things is usually a process of subtraction, of elimination, not addition, because you can't add new things that you're great at if you haven't become great at them already. And so you're already putting yourself behind the curve by adding things that you have to learn and refine when for most instances... The elements are already there. If a business has already been successful in the past, there's much more value in building upon what is great in there 
and stripping away the other thing. So this is the, the basis of the 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. So, so that like 80% of it, we can strip away so that we can elevate the 20. And then guess what? We do it again and we do it again. And the math on this is astounding. So I'll tell you what the math is on this. The math on this is that 1% of your work is responsible for 52% of your results. That's how 80-20 multiplies. And so 20% gets you 80%. But if you're, you're down, if you really identify the top 1%, that's where half of your benefit and results come from. And that's the place of the greatest leverage. And that's the X factor that we're going to explore today because it, but we don't know what that X factor is because we have so much 40 years of experience, you know, your 40 years of experience. Right. We have so much in our head that it becomes part of our DNA that if you ask me to define what is my X factor, I struggle, right? We, most of us will struggle because we have so many things that we think we're good at. But what is that 1% that's going to ge- generate that 52%? That's astounding. The other thing, Jim, I'm, I'm giggling at, we all know the 80-20 rule. Yet, I guarantee everybody listening, we get caught up in doing the 80% that generates the 20%. We don't even flip the script on focusing on the 20% to get the 80%, let alone the rinse and repeat to get it down to that 1% to that 53%, right? Yep. So, so let me tell you the biggest enemy to this. Vince Lombardi is the biggest enemy to the 80-20 rule. Vince Lombardi said, winners never quit. Quitters never win. How do you get rid of the 80% if you're not quitting that 80%? <laughs> That's true. Seth Godin it has one of my favorite quotes on this. He says, to be the best in the world at anything, you have to quit everything else. So forget Vince Lombardi. It's great for surface level motivational thinking. But in this complex world that we live in with infinite distractions, how can we not quit? Quitting is your biggest friend, but you have to do it in an intelligent way. Quitting the right things at the right time. And for most of us, this is why, why we need somebody to help us zero in on the most important factors. Yeah. Yeah. Hiring a co- coach is plural, you know, over the years has definitely amplified my skill, but my business as well. So I uh, agree. All right. So the and, next and I'm going to give go. you, can, can I just give you one of specific course. example of mastery? And that just like um, blows me away. So I, I watched the, the Jerry Seinfeld special on Netflix again last night. And I've seen this three or four times and I laugh through the whole thing because of this level of mastery. And there's one thing that he does that he specifically says that I think is important. He says, I will spend one hour turning a five-word punchline into a four-word punchline because it's that much more powerful. So he's investing his time in stripping away the unnecessary. And um, there, there's a quote that um, that is just one of my favorites. It, and it says, perfection is not attained by adding more. Perfection is only achieved 
when you take away everything that can be taken away. And experts are the people who know when to stop, when, no, okay, no, no, we can't take any more away. And so this is, this is the thing. This is what we bring to the world is our focus because information is, has always been exploding over the last 20 years, but it just went on steroids with chat GPT. And so answers information is exploding like never before. Right questions are your ultimate advantage. And it's funny because you and I have had this conversation about chat GBT. Um, and, you know, we said th- th- through our conversations, and I think this is important to note, that when you're mediocre, right, or developing skill and you use chat GBT, it may elevate you up a little bit, right, because you don't quite have that expertise yet. So it could be a good resource. But if you're an expert and you're up here and use chat GBT, you're pulling yourself down into that level of mediocrity and not the expert that you do. So now everybody, it's the new shiny toy that you were saying before, right? We're chasing things all the time. I'll learn this one more thing. Let me add this. Now we start using this AI and I'm not saying don't use AI, but know how you're using it, that it's going to be to your advantage versus, oh, it'll write an article for me. Your zone of genius, if you're elevated high and you use a chat GPT to create your article, it's going to be a mediocre article. It's not going to have your zest or your zone of genius or your amplification of, holy crap, that's the most brilliant article I've read all week. It's going to be, oh yeah, same old, same old, because chat GPT is a mediocre tool. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Make sure you know how you're using it. Right, right. And um, and just to kind of like jump possibly ahead, jump in, uh, I'm jump in a, a direction here. Like you and I, in our conversations, we've talked about the, this thing called the dilution effect. Mm-hmm. And so when we don't have the focus on that one thing, mm-hmm. and so this is the importance of understanding what your greatest advantages in the market, what your, your greatest skill is, greatest expertise is that you bring to your ideal clients because there are too many distractions and it's so easy to confuse them. And the greatest enemy to your best idea is all of the good ideas that are competing with it in your own mind. Because if they're competing in your mind and, oh, I got to say this, well, I could say that. What about this other thing? And then next thing we know, we're confusing our market. They don't know exactly what it is that we do. And so we, we dilute our absolute best with our good, but from best good is a downgrade. Is that why you find, and I know I find this with my clients that they're, they're, they're having trouble actually talking about what they do best. And, you know, I see this all the time in networking events where you, you know, you give your 30 second commercial, I come in prepared. I know what I want to say, depending on the, the, whatever the venue is, who the people are, et cetera. People come in and they, they talk about the 20 things they do. And, and recently I was on a networking event. I think I shared this with you. And I said to the person at the end, we were in a, a little breakout 
She did her two minute. It was a two minute sharing. And at the end of the two minutes, Jim, I had no idea what she did. So I ultimately I asked her a couple of questions to get clarity. And I said, Oh, so you sell disability insurance goes well. And she was trying, I go, you sell disability insurance. Be clear with that. Because if I'm a business owner and I have kids at home and my income is needed and I get injured, I need disability insurance. Why are you convoluting it with all of these other words? It wasn't clear to me. And I'm a financial, I have a financial background. So do you find the same thing that we have trouble talking about what we do best? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, uh, I'm going to use one example that that I've shared with you uh, of just, um, this is just like one little angle of, of looking at this. So if you look at um, Firestone Tire Company, mm. like you, you can ask somebody, okay, so what do you guys do at Firestone? Are you are you are you not informed? What? Co- come on, we make tires. Okay, so that's the focus on what that company does, but um, that positions them as a commodity because there are a lot of other companies that make tires. That's right, but. What if somebody from Firestone said, what we do is we get families home safe, no matter what the road or weather conditions. Because one family that doesn't make it home safe is too many. I love that. That's just, that's a great example. It's like, Where's the humanity in what we do? This is like, like the, the biggest thing that there's the emotional connection and the clarity. And most people are talking about what they're doing and um, what people are asking when they ask, what do you do? They don't really care about that. They just, they're once again, they're asking the wrong question. There's no right answer to that question. We have to answer the different question. The different question is, what do you have that is your most amazing thing for helping me? How, how, how can I be helped in an amazing way by your expertise is what they're really asking. And so we get to answer the question they should be asking instead of the question that they're asking just because it's easy, it's convenient, it's habitual. What do you do? And the other thing too, and I see this and I know you do as well, you know, the swipe copy, we swipe copy. I hear something someone says in my industry and I think, oh, that sounded good. Let me use that. But Mm -hmm. is it the core of the genius that you bring to the table? So I think that's the other thing. We give up our brilliance for what others are doing. And, and, you know, what, what does my ideal client need the most? And I think I shared with you, I had uh, signed a new client recently. And they, one of the executives had someone else they wanted to bring, also a published author, the whole thing. And I come in, I I came in after, and at the end of our meeting, they made the decision to hire me. And later on, I found out she was okay. The other vendor was okay. It was a lot of fluff. I'm coming in and I'm like, but that's not the question. That's not the, this is what I think this is what I'm hearing that you want to achieve. And then let's talk about how to build that versus the fluff. Um, Let's, let's talk about where the rubber hits the road. Yes, you should have your objective, but how are we going to get there? And I think people talk a lot about, oh, I can help you with this. 
how are you going to do that? How, what is your zone of genius and how is it going to move my needle specifically with whatever I'm trying to sell or do? So I think that's the other thing. We don't necessarily know what the value is for our deal, our, our ideal client. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So this is off the direction a little bit where I was thinking that, that I was going to go, but there's like, you, you're like activating and bringing up something that, that is super important. So one of the biggest challenges, the biggest reasons that we struggle with sharing our expertise is because there are three moving targets that we, we have to hit all three moving targets at the same time. Mm. And so often we focus on one or the other. So the three moving targets are what is truly like your highest value, your unique expertise. And since we're all learning and growing, that is, is changing. So that's moving target number one. And I'm going to get to how, how we address it. So, so that's moving target number one. Moving target number two is the one you just pointed at. Like, oh, I heard somebody say this. I'm going to say that because that sounded good. And so what happens in every um, industry that we're in, every market that we're in, every niche, wh- whatever you choose to call it, there are dominant conversations going on. And the dominant conversation becomes the noise. And so the more people are using certain cliches, the more it just becomes the noise in your niche. And, and so what we have to do then is we have to differentiate from the noise. So we're always developing. We have to differentiate from the noise. And then the third piece is every individual person that you talk to has a set of resistances of triggers, of interests that are also changing because most likely, so so let's just take, take the example of like in the expert business, the people we can help the most are usually smart people with sophisticated problems. Mm. Smart people with sophisticated problems are proactive in trying to get answers, trying to resolve those things. So they've bought other things from other people. So if we say something that sounds like that person that they feel let down by, they're, they're moving on. If we say something that sounds like something, uh, I read that in a book somewhere. I tried it. No, it like, like all of these things. And so there's that. So, so there's the conversation within us, like, like what is truly our expertise? What's going on in our market and what's going on in each individual that we're reaching? Yeah. And all of these, they're, they're like three rivers, like a river. You can go to it. You look at the banks. I know this river, but it's different water today than it was yesterday. It's different water five minutes from now than it was yesterday. Right. And this is like, we're, even though it looks like, Okay, but I'm still Jim and I'm still here. I have my same glasses. I have my same statue of David here. Yes. No, this is the same me. No, I, like we're all having this, this flow of experience through us and we're always changing. And so being able to hit all three of these targets at the same time, to me, that is so much of what we're talking about with the X factor. 
How do we make sure that we nail exactly what it is that you do best? That's right. How do we differentiate you from everybody else and the messages that they're putting out there? And how do we connect with the right desires and interests and that people can specifically hear? And it's complicated <laughs> right? because we right. are evolving. We're like the moving river, right? We're moving mm-hmm. all the time. So how do we ground long enough to discern what my, my real level of expertise is, who truly my ideal client is? And it was funny, as you were describing that sophisticated you know, thinker overall, they're the ones that have clarity. They're the ones that are going to buy. But I have to connect with them on a different level than everybody else for them to see me and what I or see you or see whoever's listening, right? That they mm-hmm. see us and what we can actually bring to the table to help them. But if we're just part of the noise, we're part of the water in the river, they're not seeing the crystals on the side or the gems on the side of the river that truly maybe we are. That's the differentiating piece, right? Right, right. And this, um, so the best people to work with in my experience, and I, I think from our conversations, this is your experience as well, is that these are smart people with sophisticated problems. Always, yeah. Which means they they have their own internal sense of urgency. They have their own ability to take decisive action and they have their own commitment to some big goal that, that, that they have. And so what you see out there and most of the marketing is designed to manipulate people who aren't self-motivated It's made to manipulate people who are not decisive, who are not committed. That is the exact marketing that repels your ideal client. So 99% of what you see out there is designed to try to manipulate people in these ways. Your people don't need manipulation. They need somebody who can connect with them on their mission with your greatest expertise. And so... What so so then this even like I'm going to kind of roll in chat GPT here. So so this is all based on a bad set of questions. How do we get people to buy? No. How do we get people to feel so seen, so understood, so appreciated that we stand out in their minds as somebody who not only has expertise, but we care about them personally because people buy because of this. They pay attention because of how cared about they feel, not about how much they understand what we're doing. And so this is back to like that, that wrong question of like, well, what do you do? Okay. So I do this. Let's ask um, Michael Jordan. What does he do? Okay. I dribble basketballs. I jump high. I do slam dunks. Like, right. But Okay, but but that that isn't the thing that wins the championships. Winning six championships in eight years is a totally it's an act of team participation against opponents. And and so it's much more than the 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 visible stuff that we see him do. It's the stuff that you can't see that is actually making the difference. 
And that's the zone of genius. He sees the play before the play is happening because of where people are positioned. He has that insight. That's his genius. And yeah, he can dribble because he practiced and all of those muscle memory things. But his zone of genius is that he sees the whole court and he knows where to throw the ball, even though the person's not there yet. Right. It's like Wayne Gretzky. He was one of the hockey players. They anticipate where the play is going. Yeah. So that they Mm -hmm. it's not that he had that the you know good stick handling or he was the best skater maybe all of that is true he saw the whole ice and could see the the play it's like a chess match right he could see 10 10 steps where maybe the, the one of the other best hockey players could see three steps that's the zone of genius that's what we're talking about we're we're almost yep. out of time i i want go yep. ahead you want to say something i just want to hit one thing yes, go on, ahead, on both of these examples you can't determine it before the game you don't have the answers to where the puck is going before the game. You don't have the, the answers to who to pass to before the game. It's live and interactive. And so this requires us to be in the game with our ideal clients, not trying to show up like, oh, we have the answers. And because if we have the answers already predetermined, we're not there with them. We're just like everybody else who is not there with them, who's ignoring them of like, no, I've solved that a million times. Just do this. Just do that. We got to be in the game. We have to be teammates with them, champions for their cause. That's what people respond to. Yeah. And uh, just two things on that one, being present, we were as humans, we, you know, our attention span is so limited that we're not. And it's that, you know, everybody goes, oh, be the hero to your ideal client. And you and I disagree on that, right? We don't want to be the yep. hero. We want to be what you just described. We, I can't do it for you. I can support you. I can guide you. I can show you. But you you need to do the work. I cannot do it for you. And oh, by the way, I don't want to do it for you because that's not my zone of genius. And that would be soul sucking right, for you and I to do it and execute people. And you said it before with those sophisticated thinkers, too. They're committed to doing something different and they're discerning on what that next step is. That's why they're at a higher level than people who are just looking in the marketplace for what is, you know, good is the enemy of great, right? Yeah, it's good. I'm, I don't have to do anything different. We're talking about, no, how do you amplify? How do you raise the volume? How do you get out there and, and rise above the noise? And that exactly what you just said. I'm a teammate. I, I have to be present with what's happening now. And the last thing I wanted to say was, It's all about customizing. And I know you do this as well. Any client that's in front of me, and I deal with banks and credit unions, they want to build a culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. They all look different. Mm -hmm. My job isn't to say my way is the right way. My way is to say, what's your demographics? Who are your ideal client? Let's explore what is the skill level of your employees? What have you done that worked? What did you do that didn't work? Let's build instead of throwing everything out and starting over with my program because my program's the right program. That's nonsense. I have to be present with my client right here, right now with what's going on. And then we can build it. And then, oh, by the way, we rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And that's how you get them to be you know, the number one in their marketplace or or whatever the option is. Yep. Yep. It, it, exactly. And so just, just kind of um, do, do a, a quick bit of a recap here. So, so yes. we talked about first, like these levels of expertise business, 
where we can be this desperate business owner, we can be uh, a patient expert, or we can be an impatient expert. And the impatient expert, the, the focus there is getting opportunities, getting return on, on past investments, investments that I've made in the past. How can I get returns over and over and then upgrade that by who can get me returns over and over for what I did in the past? So, so this is in getting that support. We talked about how too many good ideas not only compete for your attention, but they also confuse ideal clients. They don't understand what our best idea is with respect to what they care about. So that's the magic. The magic is not only what we can do, but it's in terms of what they care about. I use that um, tire company example. What families care about is getting home safely, no matter what the road or weather conditions are. They don't care about how many grooves are in the tire or what the special compound is that that's made or the unique processes. And then, so we, we talked about those things. We talked about how your ideal clients, if you're truly an expert, uh, uh, an innovator in what you do, your ideal clients are probably smart people with sophisticated problems. Mm -hmm. And most marketing is this sort of thing to commodify yeah. things, to give people basic information that is not helpful to smart people with sophisticated problems. So we have to show up differently so that those people know that we're there for them. We're not there for the, the people who are at very basic levels. And um, then let's see what else the, um, yeah. Oh, the, the other piece was that, that there are these three moving targets of that, that we're always learning and growing most likely because we've, most of us that are experts have just like it. We can't not do it. We just keep doing it. That's right. And so we have that, we have the conversation that is in our market. That is the noise that we have to rise above. And then we have individual desires and resistances and triggers within each particular client. And so that's the, that we have to hit that target of what is that sweet spot of your greatest expertise differentiated in your market with highest appeal to your ideal clients. And so that is like what we're calling the X factor, what we want to help people get clear on. And it's not about trickery, manipulation. It's about meeting people who are ready to buy. They're seeking the information you just have to rise above the noise so they they find you and think where have you been my whole life that's really what we're talking about right just hitting hitting that that bullseye with you know five different darts right the five different yeah. things that they're trying to accomplish that's what we're talking about it's not tricks trickery or or manipulation so i'm going to go back no. to what what i started in the show jim so here's the deal if you really have an extraordinary product or services but you know you're not making enough sales you really might be interested in, and this is the offer that uh, Jim and I are going to throw out there. We want your best work to be seen, understood, and appreciated by the people who need it most. So they buy from you and not, you know, what's the, what's that, um, 
uh, Jim, the the one percent of your list buys from you. Jim and I are on a mission yeah. to say that's crap. You know, if if they're on your list, they should be interested. They should be buying from you if you have the expertise they're truly dealing with. Otherwise, one percent is buying from you. Your list is probably watered down. So we want to we want to really lock and load this and get you. Um, you know, the, again, the bullseyes in place. So we're going to, this is the deal. Jim and I are gathering a handful of experts like you for a three-hour workshop to identify, clarify, and amplify the single most extraordinary piece of what you do. We're calling it the X factor. Now your X factor lifts you above the noise in your niche. So you're known for your best work. You sell more of your best work and you make the difference, which I don't know about you, but that's why I'm in business. I want to make a difference in the world. And your X factor makes you more sales without having to make these unrealistic promises that literally turn your stomach where we promise because we just want the business. We're chasing the transaction versus building those relationships. We're exhausting ourselves because we add all these bonuses and all these other things. So what we're doing is we're just watering down what our zone of genius is, or we dumb dumb down our best work just so we can make the sale. Not cool, not okay. And Jim and I, we're on a mission to change this. We're so frustrated by it. So here's the deal. If you think you're talking to me, Connie and Jim, this is exactly what I need. And I hope you took so many notes, go back and listen to the episode. Um, email Jim at Jim underscore nice at yahoo.com. I will put that in the show notes or you can text him. I'm going to put his phone. I'm not going to say it. I'll put his phone in the show notes as well, but text him, email him. If you're interested, again, we're doing a very intimate group. This is a selection process like no other, uh, because we really want to work with the people who are those sophisticated thinkers. Um, Jim, you want to add anything else before we uh, click out again, everything will be in the show notes for you guys to find Jim and I. Yeah. I, I just want to, um, I, I, I just, I, I feel compelled to do this, that, to read this thing that this is from dead poet society. It's, um, this important piece from Robin Williams quoting Walt Whitman poetry that leads to, such a powerful question. And so it's going to take me about two minutes, but here's what he says. We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we're members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion. Medicine, law, business, engineering. These are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry Beauty, romance, love. These are what we stay alive for. Mm. And so to quote Whitman, oh me, oh life, of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains, of the faithless cities filled with the foolish. What good amid these, oh me, oh life? The answer that you are here, that life exists, and that the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. The powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? 
beautiful way to end the show. What will your verse be? Um, always profound, Jim. <laughs> always <laughs> profound. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Jim, really for partnering on sure. this new approach to helping people figure out their X factor. They're really the true X factor and how to support their ideal clients that we solve the real problems. And I, I think we're on to something and I listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you took notes. Um, and again, if you're interested, reach out to Jim or text him. I will put that information in the show notes. Um, Jim, as always, I, I love spending time with you and I always feel like we um, it moves my soul when we talk. Um, we're, we're making it, we're trying, yes, we want to get paid, right? That's what we're in business for. But for me, it's gotta be soul, uh, fulfilling otherwise to me, that's just not good business. So thank you for being part of my soulful endeavor out in the world, my friends. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It's, it's always fun. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to these workshops as well. It, it's what we're going to dig into what the verse is that People are here to contribute because the, the, there's untold power in there that, that people are missing. Agree. And we want everybody to shine. So thank yep. you, Jim. And I hope you will week, uh, join me weekly as we question, build and discover together, no matter where you are on your journey of growth, change, business, career. I truly hope my guests and I provide some insight to help you move that needle. And I hope Jim and my offer today um, helps you do just that. Again, information is a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's simply information. Put it into the right action steps Holy smokeroonies, you can't believe the magic that will happen on the back end of your life and your business and your career. So thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I truly wish you an inspired week. Please take us up on our offer and just do something differently. Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Let's stop that madness. Let's change something. And I promise you, magic truly will happen to you. Thanks again. I love you all. And I'll see you next week. Have a great one. Bye, everybody. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. 